Hello and welcome to Active Bryant's Holistic Fitness Systems on Apple Podcast, Archer or Spotify. Please uh, leave me uh, a review at the end of this podcast. That would be mostly appreciated and help me to put the word out there more so I can help even more people get fitter, healthier, stronger, faster and leaner. This podcast is all about how to choose a personal trainer in the gym. And there's lots of things that you need to think about. And and one thing that you need to think about is, uh, why did the personal trainer become a personal trainer? Was it because it's an easy job? Was it because they really wanted to help people? Or was it because if it's a well-paid job once you get established and get busy? So there may be different motivations for different personal trainers. In my view, you should be looking for a personal trainer that's motivated to help you to your health and fitness goals and been working themselves out for many years. If they don't have a track record of working themselves out, how are they going to work you out? and give you the health and ben- the health and fitness benefits that you're looking for. The next question that you need to ask is, how did they qualify? So many trainers I'm talking to now are qualifying online. Now, is a qualification online as good as doing a qualification in the classroom and then doing the practical Uh, demonstrations and exercises in a classroom or in a gym environment so they know exactly how to train you. Unfortunately in the gym that I recently worked in five of the trainers there had no real practical knowledge. They had knowledge that they'd done online or done a three-week course but when I see them working with people practically they didn't have an idea. And this is really sad to see in the industry and unfortunately the industry is only about how much money can we make out of the personal trainer. Not what quality can we give to the clients and to our gym members. And unfortunately they want low aged trainers so they can Uh, tell them to work for nothing and order them around like children until the the PT wakes up and go oh I'm not doing this anymore and I'm not working for nothing another thing that you can ask them is do you believe in science or do you believe in practical application of exercise now for me before I become a personal trainer I'd already done nearly 15 years of workout experience, working out myself. Sometimes I'd work out uh, my family, if they'd let me, and sometimes I would be working out with friends. I've had many training partners that uh, give up after a while because they realize it takes uh, dedication, time, and a drive to want to get into shape, to want to keep strong, to want to keep fit, to want to keep healthy. And my mate Steve, I talk about a lot in the podcast, we used to train together when we was in our early teens. 
and uh, I used to see him going out night clubbing, and then I saw him at the uh, when Luferingo come to Basildon. Uh, he done a pose down, not a pose down, but he was there. He like showing off his body as well as uh, trying to sell his books and photos on a sci-fi day. So it was, it was a really good day, and that's when I got to know Steve. And then after that, we'd talk about training techniques, and I'd see him. I think he worked in a in a council run gym, and I used to see him there, and always used to say hello and have a chat about exercise. Steve always had time for me, so I've always had time for Steve, and uh, me and Steve have only recently reconnected. Uh, so practically, are they a practical person, or is it all about science based? Now the thing is, with some of the science, it's all a bit foo foo, as in. The, the cardiovascular machine-making company has paid for the science. Or the supplement company that's trying to sell you a protein powder has paid for the science or paid for the scientists to put their name to the product to sell it, even though they know it doesn't really work. So you've got to be careful of that as well. But I use practical stuff that I've been using for years and years and it always works to get people in shape, to get them stronger, fitter, leaner, faster, uh, uh, lower their handicap and increase their drive if they're a golfer or give them more endurance and strength if they're a tennis player and help them to make them faster if they're a uh, rugby player. So you've got to find out what specifically that trainer works in. So I work with... Uh, athletes and the older generations to say like 50 up to 80 years old so you need to find out what they specialize in as well do they specialize in sports performance do they specialize in pain do they specialize in just body uh, body fat reduction uh, with some of my experience of 22 years uh, I've studied many many courses and had to uh, put together a program that I found has worked over years in which to get clients fit, leaner, faster, stronger. I've just got to have some water. And by using the 30 courses that I've done all over the world and read hundreds of books and had, you know, 21 years of practical of training clients it enables me to see things very fast and go, right, we need to change this, we need to change this, and we need to do this, and maybe you need to do that. And that seems to work. You know, always ask your trainer how long they've been training. And if your trainer is fat and overweight, before you judge them, find out why they're in that shape. So it could be they're going through health trauma themselves. Or it could be that uh, they're going through a lot of stress, you know, with a pandemic and everything that's happening around the world. Could be going through a divorce and they've sort of like slipped off their diet a little bit. Or it could be uh, that they just don't know enough about diet in which to get themselves in shape. Now, if I was to run my own gym, I would have a rule of that all my PTs would have to train at least three to four days a week. 
and they would need to be in fairly good shape. If they're not, how can I sell PT to clients if I'm not in shape? Okay, if I'm not a picture of good health, okay? And this is what you find with uh, doctors, physios, osteopaths, and uh, other professionals, is that they'll be talking the talk but not walking the walk. So I'm very mindful of this when I go and see a professional that I might want to work with or might want to refer to or maybe want clinical treatment from my, for myself. So if I see, if I'm going to see a massage therapist and they're very overweight, I will not have treatment from them simply because I don't want them putting their stagnant energy into my body coming through their hands and how they're going to touch me. So that's something that you could uh, think about. Ask the PT what diet uh, are they going to put you on and what sort of research or how many years have they used it or what client have they used it on. So I'm a big fan of Bo's signature, which is a Charles Parlequin method. I'm a huge fan of metabolic typing. I'm a huge fan of functional diagnostic nutrition, uh, which I use with myself and with my clients all the time. And it always works, always works. It never fails. The only time it fails is when the client has not understood uh, the coaching or they might have uh, gone, oh, that's, I don't believe in that. I'm going to try something else. So it's really important to remember that uh, as a PT, you can't change everyone. Some people want to get in shape but don't know how to. There's a good client. You've got other people that like the thought of getting in shape but will never ever do it no matter what you, no matter how much you help them. And then you've got energy vampires which will nick all your knowledge but then not use any of it at all. And then you've got the, the other type of client that's uh, tried many different things. Nothing has worked. Then they end up meeting me, and then we get everything to work. But with the system that I use, it does take time. It does, it's not something that happens overnight. So those are my seven top tips for looking for a PT. Make sure they do, make sure that they've done extra qualification. Make sure that they show you their qualification and their insurance. That's really important because I believe that builds uh, more faith in you when you're meeting your first client or the client that you're doing your consultation with. Uh, many of my clients have said, oh, I don't need to see that. And I just think that's a bit arrogant and it makes me feel that maybe they're not into what I'm going to be teaching them or, or uh, coaching them on. So do I really want to work with this client? So it's really important as a PT uh, that you qualify your clients as well. So I always ask from a scale of eight, uh, from zero to 10, how committed are they to the program? And if they say a seven, I normally have to get them to do something else to find out whether they're really ready to do it. Because in the fitness industry, unfortunately, the bigger percentage of people 
will uh, want to book a PT and uh, then when they realize the cost and the commitment then they start to back out of it okay or you might get full payment from a client and then the client might go oh I've changed my mind I've got a family problem oh uh, I'm going on holiday oh uh, my wife says I can't do it I've heard every excuse under the sun so just make sure that you're really vetting the PT and the vet and the PT should be vetting you as well it's not just about it's not a one-sided gig remember that your PT will spend more time with you than what you spend maybe with your partner so you're going to get to know each other really well so it's really important that you gel that you click and that you know that you're going to get how be able to get the result otherwise it's a waste of time and a waste of energy so I hope you've enjoyed this podcast it's been about 13 minutes about how to choose the best or the right personal trainer please leave a review either on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. That would be fantastic. And if you would like to order my book, Holistic Health for Proper Geezers, Classy Ladies, Get the Body and Fitness You Want Now, you can buy it on Amazon.com or you can buy it on Audible.com or any other bookstore online. So thanks very much for listening to me today. And... uh, The next podcast is all going to be about pricing and packaging of your personal trainer packages. Okay, thanks very much for listening. Please subscribe, please like, please share. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hello and welcome to Active Bryant's Holistic Fitness Systems. I'm Scott Bryant, your host. And this podcast is all about how to lose belly fat fast. But let's talk about fat first of all. Now, fat for everyone is stored in different places. And different hormones will enable it to be stored in different places. So there's 12 different body fat sites on the body that can be tested to find out which hormone is out of balance. And normally in the stomach area, it's normally cortisol. So cortisol is an awakening hormone and every time you're awake and you're supposed to be going to bed, this is when you could be storing body fat. I don't know if you've been walking around and you've seen people in the gym or walking down the road and they've got a huge bum or they've got big thighs, or they've got uh, huge amounts of fat in their face and under their chin, or they've got uh, huge breasts if they're a woman, and the breasts seem to be abnormally big compared to the rest of their body. And this can be because a woman can store more body fat in their breast area instead of on their bum and on their stomach simply because the breast is 90% fat, okay? And fat produces milk uh, for babies. And this is why some women have bigger breasts than other women have, because of the fat storage in that area. So when you've got huge amounts of body fat, either in the stomach, 
on the face, on the backs of your arms, or maybe on your lower back. Uh, this could be just a case of eating too many carbohydrates. So the carbohydrates I suggest stopping or reducing are bread, pasta, rice, and sugar, and fruits. So all these uh, foods can make the body gain weight and gain fat if the body's not utilizing it as energy and being stored on the body as fat. The next thing is beer. I hear guys and girls, clients, will say to me, oh, I drink two bottles of wine a night, or I drink uh, a bottle of wine uh, every night, seven nights a week. So seven nights a week of wine is the equivalent to probably uh, seven bags of sugar. That may be an overestimation, but can you see my point? If you're putting all that carbohydrate into the body and you're not burning it off with sex or exercise, then this may be the reason why you're storing fat on your stomach. And beer, because it's got yeast and hops in it, all this can irritate the gut lining, as well as lowered testosterone in men. This is why beer is a good idea to stay away from, or alcoholic free beer may be a little bit better if you must have your beer. So somebody said to me, my mentor said, that uh, beer gives you a Budweiser tumor in your belly. And if you look at most men from say 35 upwards, you'll see that they have a Budweiser tumor where their belly sticks over their belt. And this is due to inflammation of the gut lining, as well as uh, subterraneous fat behind the abdominal wall, as well as eating foods like having a fry up with bread, white bread, that irritates the gut lining and low hydrochloric acid. So when your hydrochloric acid is low inside your stomach, your body's not really breaking down the food as much as it should be. And your internal organs like your intestinal tract starts to get inflamed. And the more that you've been eating badly, the lower the hydrochloric acid will be and the more inflammant in the organs. You can Google this and look at people's organs when they have the abdominal wall cut away and you'll see the organs so inflamed, the intestinal tract, that you can understand why the belly looks huge. And most men laugh about it and say, uh, oh, this has cost me a lot of money. Well, you're a complete twat because if it's cost you a lot of money, when you uh, get into hospital because you've got visceral rotosis of the stomach, and all your sexual organs are being crushed and you're wondering why you can't get wood anymore in the morning or with your girlfriend and you have to take, or wife, and you have to take Viagra. I don't think that is funny at all. I think when guys say that to me, I just look at them and I just think, you Neanderthal, you need to educate yourself. So when it comes to abdominal fat or a fat belly, 
many clients have asked me, oh, I want to get a flatter belly. Oh, I want a six pack. Give me some exercises to get rid of this body fat on my stomach. I'm sorry to inform you, but just doing abdominal crunches or abdominal exercises or core exercises will not get rid of this body fat in your stomach area. The only thing that will get rid of the body fat in this stomach area is balancing your hormones, balancing your diet, eating good fats, good proteins and carbohydrates in balance for your body type. And when you do this, then you'll start to see change. And then you need to have a balanced program, not a program where you just do abdominal crunches every session because you're trying to flatten your abdominals out. You may need to have comprehensive lab testing done to find out if you've got a fungus, parasite, or your hydrochloric acid is low, or your good bacteria to bad bacteria is low, and many, many other things like uh, H. pylori can cause an imbalance in the gut microbiome and the gut bacteria and your overall gut health. So the same with food allergies, if you're eating foods that you're allergic to, this can cause inflammation, pain all over the body, as well as you to have a fat belly. Now, if you look at the boxer Tyson Fury, he seems to store a lot of body fat on his lower waist, just below where his kidneys are. So that'll just tell me that he's totally out of balance with his training. He's maybe over-exercising for his boxing training and uh, the diet is shockingly bad. You always see him drinking beer. He's already said that he used to be a cokehead and a drug addict as a boxer. So that would tell me he's in a extreme adrenal fatigue and he needs to get his adrenal health looked at as well as his diet adjusted so he can get rid of them love handles. Which they were laughing about before he went into his recent big fight that he had. So getting back to uh, flattening your abdominals, the other thing, it can be a structural issue. So you may get a six pack, but you'll never look flat, flat because of your structural anomaly of your body. You might have a scoliosis in the spine. You may have uh, forward head posture. You may have tight hip flexors. You may have a chronically tight abdominal wall, which is stopping the muscle from being lengthened and it's just in a shortened position, which will give you this uh, look of uh, a poochy stomach. Or it could be that you've had some sort of surgery done and nobody's trained you or showed you how to turn on your core and get the abdominal working again. And I've seen this in a few clients where they've had uh, kidney stones taken out or they've had their appendix taken out. And because they have to cut through the abdominal wall, nobody has shown them how to repair 
the muscle or how to integrate the muscle into working again with movement. So really, you've got to look at surgery, you've got to look at diet, you've got to look at exercise program, and you've got to look at the way that you breathe as well. So if you're not doing a diaphragmatic breath, this means that you're breathing invertedly, and we do about 25,000 breaths a day. So did you really want to do them backwardly? If you look at babies breathe, they breathe through the stomach. And this is the most natural way to breathe. And this is why if you're suffering from stress and anxiety and you teach yourself how to breathe diaphragmatically, you'll find that you're going to a parasympathetic dominance, which is balance, and you will feel much more relaxed and your stress and anxiety goes away, especially if you're suffering from panic attacks. So getting back to... uh, getting your abdominals in shape or flattening your abdominal wall. I would say it's probably 50% diet and 50% the right exercise program. Okay, you gotta look at the, the colon and the bowel as well. Some people only poo every three days or poo every other day. So if they're pooing every other day, that's showing that their uh, colon and transit time is not correct and when the colon and the colon transit time is not correct then this can cause a a blockage in the bowel which then can then cause inflammation in the intestinal tract and other areas of the body as well as causing pain because of the toxic load in the body does that make sense yes nod your head steve so and robin and aaron so it's really really important for you to understand getting a six-pack is not just about losing body fat or doing certain exercises you have to have a fully holistic approach which means whole body approach in which to really get in a fat a flat six-pack now I've been lucky all my life because I've always trained my abs quite hard and I watch my diet really quite strictly I've always had a six-pack it's always been there And I've got pictures of me when I was 16, still with a six pack. And now I'm 50 years old and I've still got a six pack uh, because I try and keep my carbohydrate intake low, my protein intake high, my fat intake high as well. So Charles Parlequin found that with the biosignature system where you take uh, body fat caliper measurements from 12 different sites on the body, that he can pinpoint the individual hormone that is causing the abdominal fat as well. But some vitamins and minerals you can try are uh, fish oils. Carson's is the best. So fish oils with high EPA to DHEA uh, because that acts as a precursor to, 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 to testosterone and can help boost it for men and women, especially women have higher testosterone from 40 onwards compared to men. That's why they start shaving their moustaches. But don't tell a woman they've got a moustache, you get a proper slap. I've had that once when I was just joking around when a woman was trying to put me down and I went, go and shave your moustache. 
and that mortified her. And I've said it to my sister a couple of times as a joke. Uh, so really, you need to get hormones tested. You really need to see uh, whether your gut is working or not. Get your adrenals checked. And getting the adrenals checked is quite hard unless you see a functional diagnostic nutritionist like myself. I don't know whether the doctors do adrenal testing and whether they really understand it, but I know the plastic surgeon that I've been working with for nearly 20 years, he definitely looks at adrenal fatigue and definitely recognises it and had clients go into his office. And when I'd been speaking about it, he was quite shocked that I knew about adrenal fatigue as a PT and a master pool check practitioner. So again, you know, getting the flat belly, the first thing you can do is reduce carbohydrate foods and starchy foods. See if it goes flatter. If you're drinking lots of wine and beer, reduce your alcoholic intake and drink more spirits than beer and wine because with spirits you get pissed quicker because they're much stronger and you have to drink or you drink less of the spirits, okay? But if you're drinking spirits, wine and beer, you need to go and see somebody for alcoholism and see if that's your problem. So the next subject is fasting. Now, if you listen to a couple of my podcasts, I'm a big fan of fasting, intermittent fasting, or dry fasting, or just water fasting. The thing with doing that is that your body will uh, go into a mode of eating all the fat around your body, using it as energy. And if you're not putting any foods in, the inflammation in your gut wall will go down. If you're not pooing on a regular basis, then it could be that you're fasting, but you're dehydrating, so you need to hydrate more. So remember that if you do a squatting up and down, like sitting up and down on the sofa 20 to 30 times, this can get the bowel working. Or just going for a light walk somewhere, this can help with the bowel to work as well. So remember that when you're not moving the body enough, this is when the body becomes stagnant and this is when the body will hold on to fetal material and not enable your body to let go of it. Or what you could do when you're doing your fasting, you could have a bulletproof coffee, which I spoke about in the last podcast, and uh, just having caffeinated coffee will make you go number twos or have a poo. And many marathon runners do this before they go on the marathon run because they don't want to stop to have to go to the toilet. So fasting, I absolutely agree with. Intermittent fasting, the 251 diet, or whatever you call it, uh, will definitely help you to reduce body fat and stomach fat. But remember that if you've got visceral retosis, to change that is quite difficult. And if you've got the linear alba, which is where your belly button is, is damaged, or you've had a rip in that area, this will affect the way the, the abdominal wall holds your internal organs into position. So you may not ever have a flat stomach. So can you see where surgery is important to look at, whether you've had an abdominal injury is important to look at. And sometimes if you've got lower back pain, 
this could be the reason why you can't flatten out your abdominal wall because the muscles are on the same neurological loop in the spine to the abdominal wall. And this is why when you strengthen your abdominal wall and your lower back, this is why you can reduce lower back pain over time. But it takes a specialized program like working with a Czech practitioner or somebody that really understands the core from a neurological point of view, not just from do abdominals to death or work on a Swiss ball or just doing a jackknife. You just need it, you just need to go much, much deeper than that in which to get these muscles to fire in the abdominal wall, like the internal, the external, the rectus dominus and the lower abdominals, which many physios, doctors don't agree that we've got a lower abdominal. Okay, so food allergy testing, if you look into your foods, uh, if you can't afford food allergy testing, you could do pulse testing where you check your pulse before you eat a food in one minute, eat that food, and if your uh, pulse goes up by 10 to 20 beats after you checking it for one minute before, checking it again once you've eaten the food, if your pulse rate goes up, then that will show that you're allergic to that food. So you need to make sure that you avoid that food for 30 days, retest again to see whether the food allergy has gone. Some foods that you're allergic to, you will always be allergic to, and other foods, it's just a matter of stop eating that food for so many weeks to see if your body adjusts. So if you, for argument's sake, if you was having porridge every morning, you will definitely be allergic to it. If you're having bacon and eggs every morning, you will definitely be allergic to it. The body likes everything in rotation. So doing a five day rotation diet will help uh, with your gut health and enable your uh, gut to balance out good bacteria, bad bacteria, which should be 50-50 or phone a friend and uh, hydrochloric acid if it's very low because you're under loads of stress you should supplement but the supplements you buy in Holland and Barrett and other places are not designed for your individual type so if you contact me we'll be able to get you some hydrochloric acid once we've done the testing to find out what type you are and this is why I get huge success with the metabolic typing diet because it doesn't put your you into one category it looks at your biochemical individuality oh so if you're a female and you've got a bloated stomach is it because you've had a baby and the linear alba has been damaged from where your belly got bigger and bigger because you had twins or because you had a big baby birth or could it be that you've not got back to exercise and you gained excess fat on top or you've not lost the excess fat from childbirth so a lot of women will gain extra body fat from where they're getting the uh, the munchies during birth and they start eating foods that they wouldn't really normally eat 
but for some reason because they might be nutritionally imbalanced or mineral imbalanced they start craving uh, foods that they never craved before and it's all about a hormonal mix-up that's causing the woman to do that and if you look at Madonna and if you look at uh, other females in the celebrity world that have had babies and they get their bodies back to being what they were when they were 20 and they might be 30 the simple reason being is that after birth of a child a woman's hormones are raging they're much much higher and testosterone is higher so they can get really amazing change in their body and get it to go back to how they was before the baby or even before the baby before that so really get your hormonal system checked and your menstrual cycles checked as a female because if your menstrual cycles are out of balance I can remember females that I've worked with over the years oh my belly seems a lot bigger today Scott and I'll go are you on your menstrual cycle oh yeah I am oh yeah that's why you're biting my head off today during the session and arguing you don't want to do this and you don't want to do that simply because your hormones are all over the place I totally understand just fast for a couple of days drink loads of water stay away from the foods that uh, cause a reaction in your body and your and your abdominal wall will flatten out over time and remember that you can overtrain the abdominal wall as well so you could be doing the correct program training your abs uh, internal external oblique lower abdominals upper abdominals every week and all of a sudden you see your belly getting bigger and bigger but your abs are getting thicker and thicker and denser and denser and this is because you might be doing too much uh, heavy power training on your core that's making your core get stronger and bigger like uh, any other muscle that if you train heavy and hard it will grow it will get bigger so you've got to take that into account as well so can you see uh, getting a flat belly is not just about doing abdominal crunches to death or uh, trying to mess around with your diet to try and spot reduce you cannot spot reduce even with the bow uh, the Charles Parlequin bow signature system he still states that you can't spot reduce but obviously if you're taking all the major hormones into account and you're taking body fat caliper measurements from the 12 different sites I will see where you're losing the fat the most and what hormones that need to be supported does that make sense so just to recap to get a flat belly make sure that you reduce your alcohol intake beer and wine and anything that may cause a reaction in your stomach the next thing is to make sure that you stay away from the four white devils sugar pasta rice and white flour the next thing is to make sure that you train your 
upper abdominals, lower abdominals, internal and external oblique. Make sure you get some testing done to see whether you've got uh, food allergies. Making sure that you look at whether you've had any injury or any operation in that area. And finally, look at your training program and see whether your trainer has designed your program for you to get a thicker, denser, stronger abdominal wall or whether it's giving you uh, you know, 15 to 20 reps on your abdominal wall in which to give it more endurance and not give it a power <coughs> look. If you look at my mentor's uh, abdominal wall, Paul Check, it sticks out quite a lot. But his abdominal wall is super, super strong and super big because he does huge deadlifting and he does uh, rock balancing at the age of 60 in which to keep his abdominals and his lower back super strong. And look at your age as well. If you're in your 30s, 40s and 50s and 60s, you may not be able to get a flat abdominal wall because you've got visceral retosis or because you've overtrained that area or you've neglected that area. Many guys don't train their abs correctly. And this is why they don't have a flat abdominal wall. So I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Please share, please like, and please comment. And if you want to look at my 2000 videos on YouTube, go to Scott Bryant's Fitness Systems on YouTube. And uh, if you want to buy my book, Holistic Health for Proper Geezers, Classy Ladies, get the body and fitness you want now. Uh, and if you want to do a consult with me, that will be free. And uh, you have to be in London or we do online training. Please don't hesitate to get in contact. Thanks very much for listening to me today. And peace out, love, chi and good energy to you all.